Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a 30 Rock podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurks that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 133, season 7, episode 8, entitled My Whole Life is Thunder, originally airing December 6th, 2012. David, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. Upon learning that Liz got surprise married, Jenna becomes enraged because it turns out it's going to ruin her own crack at a surprise wedding. But when she tries to get revenge on Liz at the Women in Media award show on Lifetime.com slash Garbage Pale? Garbage File. Garbage File, Liz does her best to thwart the plot in advance. Meanwhile, it's only a few weeks to Christmas and Colleen is in town to visit Jack. But will it be her last visit? Dun, dun, dun. Finally, after Kenneth is depressed due to Hazel being fired from TGS and breaking up with him, Tracy tries to cheer him up. He, he remembers how much Kenneth loves TV and tries to make him feel better by helping him meet one of his teen classic TV heroes. Uh, no, this was a fun episode. It was su- It felt... I don't know how best to describe this because I'm not good with words. But it felt like uh, cramped, if that makes sense. Because it just felt like a lot was compacted into this episode. Yeah, that is true. Um, I mean, and a lot of guest stars. Um, well, some the- notable, some some like not as notable, I guess, depending on your viewpoint. But So we have the blowback from Liz's wedding and Jenna, which... It was weird that Jenna was completely left out of that story just because, yeah, you know, they're best friends or whatever. Um, then you have, obviously, you have the Jack and uh, Colleen storyline, and this is literally her final episode, and she dies halfway through it, so it's like... Spoiler alert! Oh, no. I, I, don't, I just feel like with everything that's going on, we're now five episodes from the finale, so it's like they are wrapping up a lot in the storylines. Um... But I don't know, like, the Elaine Stritch stuff, like, half the time I was like, is she even on set filming? Because, like, until they have, like, the horse carriage ride, I'm like, it feels like they just filmed her from afar. Because there, was, there wasn't a time where she was on screen with anybody else. Yeah. So, I mean, it probably that probably was part of the filming, was half the time she wasn't available on set. So they had to do it from afar, and then that carriage ride was the last thing for her. Um, but I don't know, just something about this felt really cramped is the best way I can describe it. I don't know. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a super solid episode. It's just, this is like one of those episodes where, like, oh man, we're coming to the finale. We gotta start wrapping things up. It's kind of how it felt to me. Yeah, I guess that's a little true that there's a lot going on. I know, I would describe it as cramped, although I definitely agree that there's a lot of plot and a lot of things happening, but it didn't, I mean, to me, cramped seems like it's so, there's so much going on and so crushed together that it makes it like that's a negative thing and to me like I didn't I don't know like I didn't feel like it was like it, although it was a plot I didn't feel like it was too much plot I guess so I just thought I mean it was very zany mm-hmm. um, absolutely in in the way that 30 Rock is best at and it was also like meta in a lot of points mm-hmm. um, references to the obviously like show itself but like it's impact on culture and characters within it and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff and so really, yeah, Zania Meta, which I mean is, is is pretty classic theory rock. Yeah, it's on brand, so it makes sense. Um, but yeah, like, I, I don't mean cramped to come off as negative. I do think it's, in, in this way, it, it typically is a negative term, but I just think it's just a lot pitched into this episode. Um, but also, like, Will Forte 
I don't. I guess he has like no problems doing like really zany things. Because I mean, uh, at the start of the episode, he's practically nude atop the scaffolding, and then at the end, he's dressed up as a an angel, just hanging out for however long that eulogy was, or however long that entire funeral was. Like, but I mean, he just doesn't really seem to have like a problem bearing himself. I mean, even like uh, last man on earth, he was in his underpants half the time, or. Mm. Like, he would shave half of his head. Like, he just, like, doesn't seem like he doesn't mind looking as weird as a character needs to look uh, in most of the stuff that I've seen him in, which is awesome. I mean, yeah, I don't imagine too many actors would actually shave half their head for a That's bit. true. That was quite a look. I mean, well, he shaved half his... Like, I mean, I, like, half his head, like, right. not just his hair, like, his mustache, his beard, everything. It was, it was an interesting... Eyebrow, too, right? Yeah, I think yeah, everything half um, yeah. one half of his face was completely shaven. So kudos. Um, He's not afraid to be unglamorous. I mean, I guess that's a way to take it. No, well, I mean, I was wondering that's. I feel like that's more of a like a quote unquote compliment that's given about female comedians. Like they're mm-hmm. not afraid to look, you know, like less than completely stunning. Right, right. But but no, it's true. I mean, especially if you're talking about it, like half like shaved, like because that that was a. Zany. Yeah, I mean, you, you, most people would just do like a special effect nice. kind of thing, or like yeah. do something to hide it, and they wouldn't do it for a full season. Like he committed to it, so kudos to him. Uh, yeah. Any other uh, thoughts on my whole life is thunder? Before we hop in, we have the titular line. Well, there's also two strange like gender. I wouldn't call them. Well, I guess you would call them transers. I don't know. Just, like, felt, like, a little, like, in the vein of... I don't don't think they would do those jokes today, Uh, probably. You have to point those out to me. I'm blanking on what those were. The, um, the, the, uh, what's it? The the newscaster that that was talked about at the beginning was a, uh, uh, oh, God, what was his name? Um. It was in the beginning? Yeah, so they're talking about how because they're, they're talking about going to the media show and so and so who's who is a new in real life is a newscaster at some UNBC is biologically um, a woman or something and and Jenna says that makes me a lesbian yeah yeah, like yeah yeah and then at the end with the the hot comb incident used to used to be a boy I don't know I, the second one I don't think wouldn't be allowed I feel like that's kind of well weird. I'm not, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm not, not saying allowed or not I'm just one like, like just thinking like. Because, I mean, we've talked before about, like, translated stuff that 30 Rock, if it was being made now, probably wouldn't do because it's just more culturally, I don't know, there's a lot more cultural conversation around that stuff right now. And it's like, so you're, you're right, the second one is more, like, comedic, but I still just wonder from perspective, would, would they write today? I don't know if they would. Like, it's yeah. not like, yeah, it's not as, I don't know, like, potentially... Whatever is the first Eyebrow one. Eyebrow raising. Yeah. yeah, the first one I could definitely see a little bit more like, hmm, maybe. Yeah, I maybe definitely don't think they would do that one. one. The but second the calm. I feel like, I mean, that's just like something silly that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I did you hear 30 Rocks coming back to Netflix at the in August? Yes. Yeah. I'm curious uh, how much Netflix are paying for that licensing deal. I guess it's enough to warrant it or. Well, I mean, it used to be on both Amazon and Hulu. I mean, I, is it isn't it on both Amazon and Hulu, so I actually wouldn't be surprised if it was pretty cheap. <laughs> Because oh. <laughs> oh, as well, who would watch as a, Kenneth Meta exactly? Who would watch a millionaire help out a hillbilly? It must not be much in the uh, syndication costs. 
Um, but yeah, it's coming back. I don't know the exact, I don't know if it's the right, the beginning of August, because they, they sort of scatter some of their quote-unquote premieres, yeah. but Friday Night Lights is also headed back to Netflix. Well, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if both of those get a Netflix bump, because has Third Rock ever been available on Netflix yeah, yeah, before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it, been on, it was on oh. there for several years. That was like when it was leaving, that was like a big deal, because oh, okay. a lot of people binge-watched it, but um, yeah, it's only been off a year, year and a half, so it hasn't been gone super long, oh. but um it's it's funny that it's like it was such a big deal that it was leaving and then a year year and a half later it's coming back because it's like all right so clearly there's an appeal for it uh i'm just curious. or it was cheap enough or it was cheap enough uh, okay yeah. so you know like i've noticed there's like a set of like a bunch of movies that basically bounce from streaming service to streaming service mm-hmm. like they'll be on for one for a couple months and then drop off and it's like oh all of a sudden like basically they get shunted back between amazon and hulu and HBO Max, yeah. HBO slash HBO Max, yeah. and some Netflix. It's just like they were just super cheap that I guess they just pass them around yeah. amongst each other. Man, it's it's super annoying. Like, so there's a website called Just Watch. Mm-hmm. Essentially, is like an aggregate site. And like, honestly, without that website, I would be lost on trying to find something to watch that either I don't already have or like I already like know is on something. Because it's just like yeah, like that like streaming rights switch all the time. Like one month it'll be here, one month it'll be there. Yeah. And then it might just be gone for a while, and it's like, well, I, I, I mean, it, and it's super weird when you have a sequel or and you don't have the prequel. You know what I mean? Like when you have like Kill Bill Volume Two, it's like, well, where am I supposed to watch the Volume first One? Is like, for losers, we only support Volume Two. I will not stand for this Tarantino bashing. All right. Um, any <laughs> any other thoughts on streaming rights? No more thoughts. No Let's more thoughts. Hop in. Hop in. All right. So. Our cold open is going to have Liz being super happy as a result of last week's, but then immediately feel guilty thanks to Jenna. Married, Liz Lemon got married and made up this song. You got married to what? To Chris, Frank. Uh huh. You are now looking at Ms. Elizabeth Lemon. I'm keeping my name. What the H E double vibrator is that thing on your left hand? It's my wedding ring. I got married yesterday. How could you do this to me? Blurb. You just ruined my surprise wedding. Paul, you can come down now. Thanks a lot, Liz. I guess I ate all that asparagus for nothing. Reverend Gimp, we'll just have to reschedule. Where can I get the C train? Wow, well, if you don't want this kind of thing happening, maybe don't have a surprise wedding. A-listers always have surprise weddings now, Liz. Timberbeal, Beyonce, and half a nobody. And technically, I am an A-lister now because I was on A-list to date Tom Cruise, but I bailed before I got sucked in too deep. Praise Dino. Well, I'm glad you're happy for me. In case you didn't hear it before, I got married yesterday. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Congratulations, Liz. It's inspiring to see that a woman in her 30s can still find true love. I'm 42, sorry. I don't know what that is. Just a reminder that your awards luncheon is today. What? You won an award. Congratulations on being named one of the 80 under 80, honoring women in entertainment who aren't Betty White. Oh my goodness, the ceremony will be broadcast on Lifetime? Oh, dot com. Backslash garbage file. Okay, but still, I won an award! So that's a nice touch there they do with the opening is instead of having the full opening she sings like the first few notes and then it cuts in I, i've never noticed that before so it's a nice uh, nice attention to detail uh but it's it's so weird i've I already said this but it's so weird to me liz did not let jenna know at all she was yeah, doing yeah. i know that and i knew they were doing it in a hurry 
So right. didn't have time to tell too many people. She had time to tell Jack. So it's like, why wouldn't you also tell Jenna who you've known longer? Yeah. Plus, there was a time where Chris had to run home to get whatever. So plenty of time then to call her. But you're right. That is, that is kind of a plot hole that, well, they probably had needed to happen so they could have this episode. All right. What was Jenna doing last week? Uh... I like she had a storyline, right? So last week she was quote unquote bought or owned by that person. So I remember she may have been too busy. Oh, that's right. But, yeah, with her surge commercial and all that. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. But still, it seems like she could have got a text or something. Anyway, it is a big sort of weird spot to not let Jenna know. But anyway. Yeah, then they couldn't have this episode. That's true. You need it for this to be the impetus. Impetus? Impetus. 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 Yeah, I yes, guess. No, yes, you're right. Uh, it's always fun to second guess your grammar skills. Impetus. Impetus. Um, also, that slight dig at uh, Suri saying, uh, I don't know what 42 is. Like, that's so mean. Like, one day she'll be 42. Uh, we'll see. She might She might just skip that number or ignore it altogether. Who knows? Um, yeah. That, that lifetime.com backslash garbage Aww. file. Like, all right. Also, Danny is not in this episode. Oh, yeah, what a is. surprise. I know, I know. I, know. I can't believe like, it. But it's like, every, at the end, everyone essentially that we know, like Jonathan's here. We haven't That's seen him true. in a while. And he's got some lines. But he, even he's at the end and Danny's not there. Like, it seems like everyone is there. Who's been in more episodes Danny. collectively? Elaine Stritch or Cheyenne Jackson? Oh, that's a good question. I'll have to research Because it might actually be Cheyenne Jackson, but it wouldn't surprise me if it weren't. I'm trying to think. Elaine Stritch has been in every season at least once, so these seven episodes. Yeah. I'll have to check on that. If you counted like, the live episodes and the finale, like he might just get past it. But Yeah. But I still think... Uh, well, this is uh, Paul's final episode, so... Aww. So I think Paul has more episodes in both of them. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, in Jack's office, she uh, Liz is giving a rundown about Jenna's surprise wedding, and he shares the news of Elaine, or <laughs> Elaine, of Colleen being in town. Okay, big Liz Lemon Day, so hold on tight. I've got a Jenna problem. I need to run by you. Lemon, I'm sorry I can't help you. Why not? Our dynamic doesn't have to change just because I'm married. We can still have our classic Girl Friday banter. Now you listen here, Jack. The story's not gonna write itself, see? Oh, stop, you brute. I love you, operator. No, the problem is my mother's in town for Christmas. Already? It's three weeks away. She insists on traveling on Pearl Harbor Day, too, and I quote, Show the Emperor we're not afraid. Look, I know she gets under your skin, but you should appreciate this time with her. She's 87. That's only 14 in demon years, Lemon. The woman's constant disapproval of me will keep her alive forever. A blue spruce. What time do the mariachis arrive? But this year, I have a plan. I'm not going to give her anything to disapprove of, because as long as she's in New York, I'm doing absolutely nothing. I got the idea from watching your President Obama the last four years. That's her. Fishing. Notice the ring is shriller. Jack Donaghy's office? No, Mrs. Donaghy, he's not doing anything. He's with Liz. Well, she's wearing it pulled back, but it's not working. Exactly, because of her ears. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. I How rude. Yeah, I don't quite get why he's avoiding her now all of a sudden. Like... He's he's tried to do it in the past and he still gives in. Like here he's like I'm not sure 
his motivations outside of like because I mean like ordinarily he'd like Jonathan don't answer the phone right and here are Jonathan's openly answering the phone having a conversation with her and he's he's outright saying Jack's like it's not he's not even coming for him he's literally saying Jack's doing nothing right now so it's mm-hmm. just like I, I can't quite figure out his motivations and I don't know it's so weird anyway they want him to have a funny I mean I guess Alright, so Cheyenne Jackson totaling a number of 12 episodes. Will Forte totaling a number of 12 episodes. Ooh. And Elaine Stretches at 9. Okay. So more, but not by much. Not by much. And Chris ekes them all out by 13 episodes. That's what you get for being Endgame. Mm. Meanwhile, Kenneth is uh, angrily mopping, although you couldn't quite tell, but Tracy can. Kenneth, why are you mopping the floor so angrily? You know exactly why, sir. First, Miss Lemon fired my girlfriend, and now Hazel broke up with me. Mr. Jordan, do you know why I love television so much? Because despite cell phones, iPads, and computers, it's still the most effective portal for poltergeists. On TV shows, nothing ever really changes. The people you care about never leave, and the bad guy always gets what she deserves. Someone's looking lovely today. <laughs> what a burn. I could have met someone else. Although I didn't. She's radiant. Since I'm not getting married today, I might as well stuff my face. Listen, Jenna, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. My whole life is thunder. Sure, but... You know, I just found out that I won this Women in Entertainment Award. First you get married, now you're winning an award? These are my things. Next you'll tell me Mickey Rourke catapulted you into the Hollywood sign. Look, I know you're angry, but this award is kind of a big deal. You know, in the past, they've given it to Diane Sawyer and Elaine May. And did you know that Chuck Scarborough is anatomically a woman? So I am a lesbian. And I'd really love for you to be there. Did you know it's been 15 years since we first met? Salutations, Jenna Maroney. What brings a mummer to Lightsman's Row? I just wanted to meet the woman that's been lighting me so awesomely on stage. Do you have any idea where she is, little boy? And I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for you. So when I accept that award on Lifetime.com backslash garbage file, I want you on stage with me. So there'll be cameras? Yes. Oh, Liz, you had me at Hayden Panettiere's dead. Of course I'll be there. Oh, thank you, Jenna. That really means a lot to me. Secret plan. Revenge on my mind. I'm going downstairs to get a coffee. You want anything? Pumpkin spice, please. Great. Secret there was a missing component we could have got if we didn't already have Kenneth's storyline set up, and that's bring back the best friends gang and get Kelsey Green back in the mix. That's so, true. This was not to be today. Mm. Also, Frasier's on Hulu, which I think is a new addition. Oh, really? Because um, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. But, but again, streaming rights are so Who weird. knows? Well, now with like Paramount Plus mm-hmm. and HBO Max, like they're both taking all sorts of random old stuff too. That's what's weird. It's is hard the, to... The Frasier, like you know how they classify the channels that mm-hmm. uh, it's on? That for whatever reason, it says CBS. And I know that was an NBC show. So it's, was it CBS Studios? I guess it, I guess it is, but it's so yeah. weird that... I guess it's because weird licensing is yeah because they're working on it doesn't necessarily mean the production company or anything 
Or yeah. the production studio. It's different now because ever since the downfall of like syndication mm-hmm. as a as a revenue, like networks, like I guess every basically, well, obviously every network is a network, but also the most most networks also have studios, and there used to be a lot more cross selling. But in the past few years, especially, it's gotten down to most. It's like it's it's much more uncommon. Like Keep it's in house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that way, that way you don't have to pay an extra licensing fee okay. to a different studio and they have like, to pay you if they want to use it yeah i mean i guess in this case like, i think they still have to pay a licensing fee but it's like since it's within the family it's not yeah. as you know the money stays in the family and they probably can negotiate in a way yeah. that makes it more financially viable so um anyway, anyway hey <laughs> and, and i mean well i guess this was in post here is pre-nashville but hayden panettiere really became the mini queen of like shows that were like had a ton of buzz for one season and then like everyone like Stop paying attention between, well, between like what I said, Heroes and Nashville. Because both of those shows, it was like the first season, well, Heroes especially, but even Nashville, like the first season got a lot of buzz and acclaim. And then it's like, it just kind of, what, I mean, at the end, I think Nashville like ended up moving to like CMT randomly for its yeah. last couple seasons or something. So honestly, like, I, I don't know, like I, I only watched the first season and I didn't even think it was fine, but like it wasn't, I don't know. I feel like the promise of that show was a lot more than what it ended up. What, what I mean, I don't know anything about. It. I assume oh, he's a so, struggling musician. So Nashville was the show that Connie Britton played. Connie Britton, Friday, who played the Mrs. Coach on Friday Night Lights, played this like big country star. Think of like a Martina McBride type who's been around for a long time. Hayden Panettiere is like the young upstart country star. So like, um, I don't know. Like, I would say I mean Carrie Underwood is super established, but if like maybe a young starting out Carrie Underwood who's like an up and comer who's doing more like you know pop country whatever mm. so basically it, it, it's it's a nighttime soap i guess about yeah. basically about the industry and mm. the, those two were the main characters i guess and again i didn't watch about the first season but you know basically like her trying to the Connie Britton character trying to stay on top the hayden panettiere character like becoming She's trying to make it making it and becoming more than just a flash in the pan right and yeah well the first season had oh what's his name t t-bone burnett is that his name he, he's like a, a big time like legendary producer who he did a lot of music for the first season but he left after the first season mm-hmm. so it was like so the first season I mean the, the music was legitimate like they, they made an effort to make like legitimate like this could be actual music and I think <laughs> after that like I think just after that the first season didn't live, up, didn't live up to what they hoped so like he left so the music kind of wasn't as high quality and mm-hmm. it just I don't know yeah I, I, there's something about shows that have to make music for every episode either like original songs or like covers like central park or like a zoe mm. or uh, uh crazy ex-girlfriend like that's a talent that is like incredible and i can never admonish or or, or criticize too harshly because uh, i mean like especially if you're like a full series run of like 20 episodes it's 20 original songs yeah. every season probably multiple songs an episode so it's just like there's so much work involved and then then you have a cast that have to act and dance and sing and it's just like it's commendable uh so i wouldn't like criticize anything for that but at the same time like it is weird that a show that seemingly was successful in its first season loses its main producer of the music and that there's a because usually you, if you have a successful first season everything is given extra and that's, yeah. that's curious well, that's kind of thing i think that 
the ratings really didn't hit what they were hoping for. Was it an NBC show? ABC. It was ABC, yeah. The reason they were hoping for, and I think, I think creatively it wasn't as critically acclaimed. Like, the initial critical, like, acclaim, I think, was there was a lot of anticipation for it, but I just don't think it, even creatively, it lived up to, in the storytelling, what they, what just made a cultural splash. Hmm. Um, but speaking of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, though, I mean, that was an amazing accomplishment because that was... I mean, four seasons. So, however many episodes were in that, mm-hmm. multiple, like multiple songs per episode. But not just that. I mean, they like literally. I think every genre, like literally every genre, was covered on that show. Yeah. Like literally, country, pop, Broadway, hip hop, like j- jazz. Like yeah. I mean, show tune, like Disney <laughs> torch song. Like I mean, I, I think literally almost literally any genre you can think of. And I mean, a lot of the music that was almost all, if not all, the music was written. And produced by um, I can't remember the guy from Fountains of Wayne who passed away last year. Oh, oh I, I assumed you would know who he was. I know that one song. They oh, really? Remember. I didn't follow them. Oh, that seems like it. No, the, no, I'm just. I, that seems like a band that you would have like. You know what I mean? Because I mean, they were making records like long before. Yeah, no, I know. They're one song. of those bands that like were around before they had that big hit, and then they existed after. But like when they had Stacy's Mom was what like 2003. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I was in that stupid high school mentality. I was like, all music is uh, dumb. Gotcha. I hadn't really developed a taste yeah. just yet, or at least found my style. And I, they never came up in any of my sort of playlist since then so I've just never really bothered to check I them see. out but that's what I, I just uh, for sure they seem like a band that you would have like followed like way before they were but anyway point is like the guy I, Adam I think Adam I can't think of his name that's terrible but um, I mean I, I was, he was a super talented musician because I mean it, it's uh, and I mean uh, Rachel Bloom who was the um, lead character and like writer like she produced you know obviously wrote produced a lot too but I mean just the I don't know all of the the talent involved to like mm-hmm. make I mean that many I mean obviously not every single song was like amazing but considering the volume of output like that was no it, over it, that yeah. many seasons that's an accomplishment yeah. no it, it is like super commendable so kudos that's in yeah. my queue I think I'll probably watch that show I th- I think you would like it yeah I think you would like it like it's actually like very I think it, I feel like it's very akin to BoJack. Um, in that it covers a lot of the same themes. It's not like like, and it is a comedy. It's not the same like, not quite as much like visual. Is it mean spirited or is it positive? Mm, There's a lot of dark humor. I would say for sure. I would say it's definitely less cynical than BoJack, but and less like obviously BoJack had a lot of like those like background visual gags, Mm -hmm. which it's. I mean, there's a lot of comedy. It's uh, maybe not like that. Like that kind of like laugh but other than that i think there's a lot in common so anyway eventually, eventually we'll yeah. get there we veered we veered way off very well but I, I, the last thing i want to say about that scene which is i think the first thing we're going to say about that scene uh well two things actually is one i love the fact that jenna's quote-unquote pigging out is literally just licking and sucking ice cubes like that's her that's her picking that's her snacking and shame on liz for after 15 years not realizing that Jenna is clearly going to make something about her when she literally says there's going to be cameras there. Like, that should have immediately clued in to Liz, like, wait a minute. Why would she ask that question? Yeah, like, like I mean, it's, it's a shame on Liz for not being a little bit smarter. Um, you should have known, Should Liz. have known, Liz. But it also is like we actually see their origin story quickly. Well, you, 
you say she should have known, but I mean, she kind of did because, as we'll learn later, she she uh, links up with the lighting, uh, the person who's doing the lighting in advance. I mean, it's a flashback, but that would have been. But only because she noticed the veil in yeah. Jenna's pocket. So if she hadn't seen the veil, she wouldn't have known to. I mean, she didn't link up with the lighting person just as a backup. She linked up with the lighting person after she saw the veil. So she she until she saw the veil, she had right. no idea. That's so. true, but she well. I just blew a big hole in your... No, no, you defeated the facts and logic. Woo! That's the only way you can beat anyone. So as Jack is out in the middle of New York, just doing nothing, he gets propositioned to have sex, unprotected sex with some stranger. He gets a call from his mother. Meanwhile, back at the TGS and 30 Rock, uh, Kenneth meets one of his television idols. You left crumbs on the floor so that the mice spelled come see me? Yes, Kenneth. I've been thinking about what you said about wishing life could be like TV. That would be great. Although, I'd get rid of those ads that pop up in the middle of your favorite TV shows. Well, why don't you discuss it with special guest star, Florence Henderson! This is Brady! Uh-uh. I told the black guy here, none of that Brady stuff. Now, let's get this over with. Which booking is this? Are you the perverts who want to go to town on each other while I make a pie? Isn't that a rare instance of like um, a squeaky clean sort of TV actress sort of playing the the complete opposite of what you expect? And she's done this before, so it's not uncommon for our Florence Henderson. But like like Betty White, we see we saw her earlier in this the series where she's like, "I'm gonna bury you." Like you expect her to be sweet and wholesome, and she's like, "Yeah, she got a little bit of a dark side." You don't get to the top of comedy without having a uh... yeah. You got to be a little brutal sometimes. But I do like that. Like Florence Henderson apparently has like a task rabbit or some sort of service where she's just like, "Yeah, I'll come and do a bit for you." But I mean, which one? Like I'm I'm booked, so we got to do this quick kind of thing. It's like, what are you? What is your life, Florence Henderson? She needs she she wants her money, and it's she's she's just she's just numbed everything. She's like, okay, let's get it done and move I on did, to the next I mean, one. Yeah, you probably got to be after a little while. Um, so kudos, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to diminish her career because she's had a multi-decade, what fifty-decade career now. A fifty-decade career. Fifty. That's, that's what, quite impressive. That's what five hundred years? Yes. <laughs> she's wow. immortal. No, she had like a five or six. Brady Bunch was the sixties, right? Well, has it really? Wow, was it really? And she, I mean, she's probably was a stage actress before then. So I mean, she's she's got a lot on her resume. But I think most people do know Florence Henderson oh, as yeah. Mrs. Yeah. Brady, for sure. Um, which is definitely like a show I haven't revisited in probably close to twenty years, just because, I mean, syndication reasons or whatever. Yeah. But it's just like. It was sweet and saccharine as a kid. I just think watching it now, it would just be like way too wholesome. And it's just one of those shows where you literally would see everything coming and nothing would be much of a surprise. And it's everything's been homaged and parodied since then that it's just like... And it's made one of the most iconic memes of all time. Sure, Jam. Oh my God, I love that. That's technically not from the Brady Bunch. That's from the Brady Bunch movie. Oh. Well, so, still Brady but, Bunch, but, but yeah. Christine Taylor was a perfect fit for Jan, uh, for um, Marsha. Marsha. Like, I, they look so identical. They did a yeah. fantastic casting and makeup job on her. Um, but God, I love that scene in that movie. It's, and that's technically, I'm sorry, that's the very Brady sequel. That's not even the first movie. It's wow. the second movie. Um, but yeah, uh, it's such a, because the best part of that gif isn't 
necessarily the sure Jan. It's the the look yeah. that Jan gives her of just I hope you die is so great. I love it so yeah. much. And that's one of the rare instances that you can use the term iconic and it's not actually ironic. Yeah, no, that's true. It is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kudos. But that has nothing to do with Florence Henderson, although she did make a cameo at the end of the first Brady Bunch movie. But uh, Gary Cole plays the dad. Because uh, he just has that very good voice. I think he's pretty much played Mr. Brady in just about every conceivable way. I mean, he's done like an animated voice for him. He played him in the movies. So huh. Good job, Gary Cole. Good for him. Uh, yeah, we, we skipped over the first Elaine Stritch uh bit just for sake of time but that was the that was the scene where i was like well there's a scene later where she, when jack is quote unquote in her home that i'm like i just feel like they're they're filming apart because there's well it just seems a little bit off but uh, meanwhile uh liz and jenna make their way to the award ceremony and run into a familiar face welcome ladies welcome i'm bonnie Batamath. I'm the chairperson for today's event. I can't shake hands because I have carpal tunnel syndrome from zipping up my own dress now that Gary's gone. Well, I'm very happy to be here. Well, I'm just so glad that you found the place. What with my directions, because Gary was the navigator. Thank you. <laughs> this is exciting. <laughs> Look, you're in the program. Ah, oh, great. They must have gotten this picture off the internet. Why does the other Liz Lemon always come up first? Who cares? They're honoring you. Now you go find our table. I'm gonna run to the bathroom. Oop, I have to go too. Wait for me. I just went, but I guess I could go again. What the what? Oh my God, she's gonna do her wedding just to ruin my thing? Wow, my best friend. Best friend troubles, talking to yourself, I've been there. And you know why Jenna's mad at me? Because I got married. You know what my best friend did for my 50th birthday? She gives everybody a car, and then she's all, thank you for coming to Gail's birthday! Crazy thing is, I always end up apologizing to her, because her feelings are so much more important than mine. Oh, I hear ya. When I got bangs, my best friend didn't even acknowledge them. So I was going to grow them out. Then after reading an article in my best friend's magazine, I realized my feelings are valid. So I had to say to her, my bangs, they're not about you. It's about me trying to cover my forehead. Exactly. Thank you. We're talking about Oprah, right? No, of course not. She can hear us. I, do, I love a lot about that scene. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely like, throughout the whole award ceremony, it is making fun of women in terms of just like very poor outdated stereotypes one my favorite thing is bonnie bad at math <laughs> that's such a it's it's very much like paul last name and hazel was her name like it's just it's super great under the radar jokes uh her her complete dependency on gary beforehand and that she grabs the the little uh chalice or, or glass uh and she hurts herself because she's too she for already forgets that she has carpal tunnel syndrome and she's hurting herself more. And then Jenna's saying she's going to the bathroom and for whatever reason, I, all the women have to also go to the bathroom with her, I guess, to gossip about people. Like, it's just... Well, women, they'd all be going to the bathroom together. Women be bathrooming. Uh, yeah. And then of Gail, I guess, is... I mean, there's this is like one of... So we have Gail, Florence Henderson, Elaine Stritch. Um, Bonnie Batamath. 
<laughs> but well, so Andrea, Andrea Martin, Andrea who Martin. character actress, but got her start on SCTV in the seventies and eighties. Oh, so yeah. she's part of that uh, comedy crew, Can- Canadian, Canadian, yeah, yeah, sketch comedy. But then eventually she would do Good News, right? Great, yeah, Great, great News. She, she played the mother of the main character on Great mm-hmm. News and was a regular. She also apparently, I forgot, but apparently she guested on an episode of Kimmy Schmidt. Um, also, she played the mother on Difficult People, which was the Billy Eichner, Julie Krasner Hulu show, which is really good to me. Like to me, like the other two, it like Difficult People is like the super crass, very online version of the other two. Because like it's the same spirit, but it's like super like cruel, mm-hmm. funny comedy. I actually think you would like it. I, I mean, yeah, it was a Hulu it's, original, so it's probably still there. Yeah, I don't see that. Why it's just like it's all about like those two characters bantering but Andrea Martin plays the most like she fits right in because I mean I mean her her part in this episode is like I feel like is very true to a lot of the characters she plays and like, fits right in with Billy Eichner and yeah. Julie Klossner. Um anyway yeah and she's guessing a bazillion mm-hmm. shows although surprised like I was surprised like she's never been in a Ryan Murphy project because she has very strong like Ryan Murphy like actress energy like I feel like he has a very certain type of like of like comedic actresses in like their yeah. like forties, fifties, sixties. They're mm-hmm. like, and she's very like much that same like. But she's but she's never been in a Ryan Murphy show. Well, so maybe one day all, there's always an American Horror something going. Well, on, maybe, so. maybe maybe not that franchise. I don't know. Yeah, I, there's just a lot in that scene that I love. I love that they don't outright mention Oprah, but also Liz doesn't mention she's met Oprah. So it's that's like, true. Now we have uh, Oprah and Gail have guessed mm-hmm. it. But of course, if you're streaming this, you'll never know that she met Oprah because that's one of the episodes that's been pulled. Oh no! Oh, no. What happened in that one? That's the that's the first black the first episode. the first blackface. Oh, is that the right? The uh, Tracy and Genesee who has right. a partner, right? White men or white women or black men. Racism or women. Just, ruins women, everything. just women in general. Women are black people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, at uh, Colleen's uh, hotel. I guess so. In the last scene, they the last scene that with her, she apparently passes out, and she sort of clumsily explains it. But I don't. It's it's weird. So like, they play it like she passes out, and in this scene, she's okay, and they kind of explain. We'll talk about it. Well, this is certainly high drama. These are the clothes that I want to be buried in, and make sure I'm holding this. Glue this pin to the inside of the coffin lid for grave robbers for grave robbers i remember the first time you ever threatened me with your death you should be more appreciative i went down to a pack a day for you one day you're gonna turn around and i'll be dead like that all right you can knock it off now mother i'm home what happened to your eye did you really fall i was watching tv and they started interviewing an asian santa claus and my arm went numb. And you called me? Mother, call an ambulance. My father did not kill dozens of Germans so that his daughter could die in a van. But he wasn't even in the war. Go about your day, Jack. Just leave the door open and let the elements take me. You're going to the hospital, and I don't care how I have to get you there. Well, I'm not going in an ambulance. I'll take a horse-drawn carriage. Those carriages are rolling torture wagons for nature's most dignified creature. The horse is one of only three appropriate subjects for a painting, along with ships with sails and men holding up swords while staring off into the distance. Sure, let's argue about horses now. Bring down my things. I am going out of this world exactly the way I came into it. Wearing more foreshadowing. That is true. That's good. Foreshadowing. A lot of foreshadowing in that scene. 
Um, so I guess she did do that. She, I guess she must have been watching TV when she called Jack and talked to Jonathan initially. Or no, no, no. No, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, when she called Jack, who was outside at the time, but she, she was sitting, so it's weird that she would have fallen over the way she did. I'm not sure. It just seems a little weird that she did it that way. But also that like she's so stubborn that she would never take a ride in the hospital. Or <laughs> take a ride in the hospital. Take a ride <laughs> in an ambulance to, uh, to the hospital. Her but, father didn't kill those, all those Germans so she could just die in a van. That's true. Although I wouldn't consider a, an ambulance a van, but I also don't know what you would call it. Because yeah. it's I not mean, a truck. It's, it's a van. It's a van. Okay. I guess I've never heard it yeah. called a van. Well, I yeah, just think of it as it, its own type yeah. of vehicle. Yeah. Like it, it, its own class. It's not, a, it's not a sedan. It's not a compact. It's a, an ambulance van. Yeah. But I guess. Ambulance. Somebody called an ambulance. So while Tracy tries to set up another TV sitcom plot of being trapped in the elevator uh, at the award show, it's about to go down. So our next honoree, Liz Lemon, is the head writer of TGS with Tracy Jordan, and I am told she got married yesterday, just like Gary and that bitch who was selling us our dream house. So let's take a look at Liz's work. Hang on, this is being weird. Low on the disc. Is it on the right component? Try unplugging it and plugging it back in. Just open the disc part and blow on it. Looking for this? <sighs> you ruined my wedding. It's payback time. Jenna, what I did was an accident, but you're trying to sabotage me just because I'm getting an award? You know you don't deserve it. Without me, you'd still be behind that light board in Chicago, turning bags of Sour Patch Kids inside out to lick them clean. I got my money's worth. And without me, you'd still be doing local commercials for store brand douches. Well, joke's on you, because that wasn't a commercial. I don't know what that was. I swear to God, you're the most selfish human being on the planet. Thank you. Visit my website for extras and ringtones. But it's only because I've let you be. It stops tonight. Well, you can't stop me from getting on that stage. Are you sure? Because guess what this lighting board nerd did? So, what can I do for a fellow lightsmith? I want you to come up 20% on 16, 32, and 70. No, but that would... Just do it! Well, this stage is now lit like a grocery store milk aisle. I can't get up there. Oh, look. Horrible. Yeah. Oh, no. Did I ruin your wedding? Again. Oh, man. <laughs> Pull out the disc and blow on it. Like, women don't know technology, am I right? Just blow on Just it. Just blow on it. Also, I like the very specific reference of lighting like a grocery store milk aisle. Yeah, that is a very true, specific yeah. set of lights. But it is like very bright. That is true. Although I have to wonder, like, a lot of grocery stores now do that, like, I guess, sensor lighting. And I wonder mm -hmm. if that's better or worse. Because if it's always coming on and off like that, is that better mm -hmm. for the technology and the, the equipment? Or is it worse? Probably bad. Well, right. I guess turn, turning off and on uses the most energy, but maybe uh, periods that they're off is long enough that yeah. it makes up for. Because especially like if you're talking like maybe like you know like early in the morning, late at night when there's less mm -hmm. people, maybe the net and overnight probably. savings. Yeah, yeah, the net savings make up for it in the yeah. long run. I guess I would hope so. I mean, enough places do it that you would think that that's a thing. Because if not, then yeah, they're just wasting more energy, which would be. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, 
we can't save the world at this point anyway, but we can do what we can. That's the best way to look out for it. Uh, we come up on the finale of Colleen. In a not- <laughs> I was say, finale of was like, well, there's still a pretty good amount of time left. No, sadly, it's, <laughs> the, it's Colleen's finale of 30 Rock. Also, you need to tell your Aunt Mary, when she was two, there was an accident with a hot comb. Yeah, well, she used to be a boy. Stop talking, Mother. Save your strength for yelling at doctors. There's a couple of other things that I want you to know, Jack, and I don't want you to interrupt me until I'm done. All I want is for you to be happy. Happy? Yes. Since when did you ever care about happiness? Don't talk to me like that, Jack. I breastfed you for nine years. Those are terrible last words. The closest you ever get to happiness is when you're criticizing something, preferably something I've done. Jack, stop talking. I am not going to be around forever. Oh, here it comes. One of these days, you're going to turn around, Jack, and I'm going to be gone just like that. When this little performance is over, I may put you in a home just like that. Mother. Mother? So that's kind of a sad way to go. I mean, she went out the way she wanted to go, but... Just like that. Just like that. But it's the framing's so weird on it, because it's like you don't see her. Which, I mean, I guess you wouldn't want to show it, but it's still yeah, weird. Yeah, that would You're right that it did feel a little anticlimactic. Like, this whole episode, it was sort of... It was like, they were like, okay, we have to we have to give her a send-off. So it's like, it feels a little haphazard the way it's in. So it looks like you said with some, some of the shooting, it just looks a little, yeah. like, weird. So I, I, I wonder if they had a plan and they had to change it. Like, maybe they planned to do it a different way, but based mm-hmm. on our scheduling, like, they had to do it this way in yeah. this episode or something i, I don't know because there's a misdirect at the beginning the first time she calls yeah or the second time she calls and then she passes out and i'm like oh that explains and then they go to the hospital and she passes away in the hospital but no they that's a misdirect and then it comes back and she just literally just wants to take a course carriage ride and then she dies there and it's like okay but i think you're right it probably is a scheduling slash timing issue of like we can't have her all day so we got to do it pretty quickly uh, it just seems a little... Yeah, but I mean, even in the episode they planned to do it on, like, I wonder if it was originally intended for this episode or just, like, the way the filming schedule and her schedule works, like, this was the way they had to do yeah. it. I don't know. Best way. Hmm. But, yeah, R.I.P. Colin. Oh, R.I.P. Colin. One of the best guest-slash-recurring characters in the entire show. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, she literally stole every scene she was yeah. in. Like, this is her weakest just because it feels hurried and not as strong but even still like her doing this uh is still better than a lot of seinfeld or uh any other cameos or guest actors we've had on the show i think paul ranks up there with like probably second best guest actor we've had in the run of 30 rock how about Mm. danny that Mm. guest actor oh super memorable right ah meanwhile back at the award ceremony uh, they still can't figure out the technology, so Liz is here to take her, uh, to have her speech. I can't get it to work, and there's still 78 women to go, so whatever. Liz Lemon!
ruin my thing. I ruin your thing. You are not the center of the universe, Jenna. I am too. I'm the moon. Ladies, please. Today we're celebrating women. Can't, Bonnie. I can't believe you're doing this to me and Paul. He's been in that steamer trunk for hours. It's all right. The lack of oxygen is making me orgasm. <sighs> Why can't you ever be happy for me, ever? I got married, and you don't care. Why should she? We shouldn't be defining ourselves by our men. Oh, so in order to be independent, we have to be asexual? You would know, Judy. God, I miss Gary so much. I put a sweater on a body pillow. Ah, I took her for a canoe ride. Lightsmith, ah. help me out. Fire up the Lecos and the Cleave. We finally see the true side of Jenna. She looks like an 80-year-old grandmother. It would have been really funny if they would have had, like, Elaine Stritch. Oh. Like, be like, <laughs> that would have been so funny. Yeah, that would have been great. Or, I mean, I guess Jan Hooks had passed away at this time, but have oh, Jan Hooks, that would have been, been perfect. That she looks exactly perfect. like her mother. That would have been really good. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I love the, the, once again, the just shot at women in general that some argue that you do need a man to define yourself, some that you don't, and then a, a, a shot against asexuals, and then the woman still can't let go of her husband, and she puts a sweater on a body pillow, and <laughs> the takes canoeing is just an extra level of, what are you doing, Bonnie? Oh, dear. And then we get a quick uh, shot of cameos mm, in the yeah. end. W- Wendy Williams, Judy mm-hmm. Gold, and Sue Simmons. Um, I know Wendy Williams, those other two, I assume, are actresses? Judy Gold is a comedian. She's kind of like a brash comedian. Okay, like a Lisa Lampanelli style. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. something like that. Like, maybe not as, not, maybe not as not crass, but I feel like it's a it's a similar shtick. Gotcha. Um, and Sue Simmons, I think, is like a legendary New York news anchor. Hmm. Uh, what? Yeah. Because I, I, I've definitely seen her. Uh, I mean, they're definitely actresses because... Their line delivery yeah, doesn't uh, come off stiff and wooden. Yeah, so she she was WNBC in New York. They'll be fully anchored WNBC in New York alongside Chuck Scarborough. So Who there is you go. Genetically a man or a woman, right? <laughs> biologically, <laughs> technically, biologically a woman, as uh, as Liz, Liz Lemon said. Oh, apparently Sue Simmons famously dropped the f bomb on air once. Oh, I bet a lot of anchors have done that. Have you ever seen that? I'm so pale. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know if it's a college or like she looks. She looks very young, but uh, it's just her and this other news anchor are like waiting for their cue to roll, and she's looking slightly off camera. And I guess she's looking at herself in the camera, like in the the reverb or whatever. And she's just like, "I'm." She goes, "I so pale." <laughs> like she's just like a super white lady. Like the lighting isn't great for her. She, "I so pale," and the lady next to her like bumps her. And is like. And then you see her like look at the camera, <laughs> and she goes, <gasps> and then she goes right like she she picks it up and she goes with it, but it's just like you you know it's so awkward for her. That's so. Uh, meanwhile, at the uh, hospital, uh, Liz rushes over and gets some sad news. Jack, I got your text, but I think there were some autocorrect problems. Colleen had a fart attack. She died, Liz. Oh my God. She had a heart attack and died on the way here. Oh, Jack, I am so sorry. Before she died, Colleen told me she just wants me to be happy. 
Really? Because that doesn't sound like her, but I guess people do say strange things at the end. You know, my grandmother said, Liz, stop playing with the flesh around my elbow. I just want you to be happy. You know who you say that to? A loser. Someone who can't hope for anything more in life than just being happy. You say that to someone who has disappointed you. Jack. No, it's perfect. She's a genius. One last twist of the knife. Well, thank you for coming, Lemon, but I better get going. The funeral is tomorrow. Colleen wanted to be buried before the rest of the family found out and sold her body to a haunted house. And of course, I get to eulogize Colleen at the service. One more chance to disappoint her as she looks up at me from her throne in hell. That was a nice scene of like they're reacting. But it was like, I mean, a rare, like, like genuine, like non-ironic mm-hmm. moment from Liz to like just be wasn't undercut by any yeah. jokes or anything. I yeah. mean, they started well a little bit, show. but it's, people say strange things right. in the end and a brain yeah. fire attack. But yeah, but yeah, it was like her it reaction felt yeah. sincere. Uh, yeah, it was a good scene. But even at the end, well, so I know that they, or at least Jack, takes it as like one last moment for his mother to like get at him. But mm. I don't know if I took it like I. I mean, maybe that's why it was intended, but. I don't know. I almost took it more the way Liz did that, like she was just saying something to right. what happened at the end. Like yeah. I didn't necessarily take it as. I mean, yeah, it would definitely be in co- character for Colleen to have like one last shot at him, but I don't know. Like I didn't quite read it as that. Yeah, I think that's that's him more like his grieving process as he's reading it as a shot at him. Yeah. Whereas I think I think Liz is right where it's just like she really was just saying what she thought you might want to hear or some or she was just being snarky or whatever. But like. Yeah, I think that's him just taking it away, taking it wrong, and it's yeah. part of his grieving process. We're not the writers, so we don't know. So it's the day of the funeral, aka the next day, meaning this has been a two-day event, literally right after the wedding, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, this is a continuation of last week. So in a three-day span, Liz got married, got an award, uh, Colleen died, and now they're at her funeral. Um, and Jack is about to deliver the best eulogy ever. But first, Hazel's been recast. Kenneth, it's Hazel. She's back. I recast her. She tested through the roof at the STD clinic. Mr. Jordan, stop. I don't want my life to be like TV anymore because no one learns anything in elevators and we almost killed Florence Henderson. Yes, almost. I don't want my life to be like TV because my life is way better. Where else but real life would a millionaire movie star care so much about a hillbilly janitor that he would spend two days trying to cheer him up? You can't do that on television, because if you did, no one would watch. Thank you, Mr. Jordan. Thank you for my wonderful life. I sure picked the right week to come back. You weren't supposed to have any lines, Kwan Lee. Now I have to pay you. Kwan Lee's just trying to do the right thing. Now she has to get paid. How awful. That is a funny thing, like, you notice. Like, once you know, like, sort of the insides, like, when you see all those extras and they're, like, they're not, they're either, like, muttering or they're, like, fake talking, but you never actually hear them give dialogue. And then you, then you wonder why. And then now you know why. It's because they get paid when they say things. Yeah. Also, I assume, like, the testing through the reference is, is a reference to Hazel's character, like, not being um, very well, popular with the fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. A very, a very uh, 
clever meta joke. Yeah, but uh, the better joke in that is the the hillbilly getting uh, advice and getting help from a millionaire. It's not yeah. something anyone would want to watch. It's definitely like, yeah, I feel like they're talking about Thirty Rock a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very on the nose. One of the rooms is like, here's the special when they introduce Florence Henderson, our special guest star, right. Florence Henderson. And even in, in the background, there's like people clapping yeah. for it. Like you don't hear it; they're just you see them clapping for it, and it's like, okay, that's. Not the, this not the episode for that. It was the live episode. Um, Alright, so Jack's giving his best eulogy, or this, not his, the best eulogy. <laughs> He's giving his own eulogy. His own, it's pretty someone's impressive. probably done that. Uh, but Jack's given the best eulogy ever. Friends, last night when I sat down to write a speech worthy of my mother's 87 years, I thought I was facing an impossible task until I realized that her constant crushing disapproval was a gift. The greatest gift a mother ever gave a son. My lifelong quest to please that woman is what made me the man I am today. The man who has been the centerfold of Fortune magazine no fewer than three times. The man who in 1984 wore a tuxedo so well he broke up the Go-Go's. The man who last night wrote and today will deliver the greatest eulogy of all time. Dublin, 1852. A ship bobs in the lead tide of the icy Irish Sea. Her name? Ariel. Exo and Kroga, the Craig Nakera, is the queer Namucha, Egg Geriderka. Today, we are all Irish. And the plumber says, I don't know, but that's a pretty big pizza. <laughs> Life is for the living. But there's a truth in the center of that. Thank you, Kermit, for explaining the afterlife to us. Oh, listen, Jack, thank you for being the man we all aspire to be. Ladies and gentlemen, Sir Paul McCartney and the Harlem Boys Choir. <laughs> and though the falling snow would erase her footprints, it could never erase our memory of her. I love you, Mother. End of eulogy. Jenna, yes, do this. All the people I care about are here. It's perfect. We're so glad that you could come, Liz. I hope traffic wasn't too bad getting here. Surprise! I'm getting married! Mother would have hated this. In a way, it's kind of sad that all the people Jenna cares about are at Jack's mom's funeral. Yeah. Well, she wouldn't have any actor or actress friends because they'd probably true. upstage her. And I, mean, I guess there's an overlap between Jenna's workplace and the people she interacts with the most, but still, it's just like... Also, also, it's probably saying she doesn't care about a lot of people. That is true. No. But even so, it's just like someone else's mom's funeral is like... It's an odd overlap uh, with people, too. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that's nice. That's a nice moment. But yeah, that, uh, I feel like the eulogy thing is basically it's like it looks like a mishmash of every eulogy template possible: playing music, 
hiring like I guess like the big uh, whenever like a big musician passes away like the Michael Jackson thing and who else famous passed away besides him Whitney that Houston. had like a Prince I guess like that like have those just big giant gallant uh, funeral services where just all the celebrities are invited to kind of thing and then it is funny that they they say the Paul McCartney and then they fade like you're gonna get yeah. to and then oh, no. he's not guesting this time no. we blew our budget on Florence Henderson and the Lane Stretch sorry and Wendy Williams and Wendy Williams she took a bulk of it um, but yeah I feel like his eulogy is just a mishmash of all of the eulogies at once kind of thing it's nice it's a nice in the moment but it's also like of all people to explain the afterlife to us at Kermit the Frog it's like alright Good that's job, pretty Kermit. good no it's great um and I'm sure I'm sure Liz is happy about that and Tina Fey because up until now they've had Muppet-like creatures, but it's the first time they've actually had a Muppet on mm-hmm. set. So, mm-hmm. and she would view what two years from now is when they had the the Muppet sequel, 2014, right? Uh, I don't know what year it was, but that's not very. Right. Right. It was not very. Really I fell asleep. I remember I, we, oh, were, no. we were watching. I fell asleep oh, during dear. it. Dear. I mean, I was tired, but. The first Muppet was fantastic. That second was just like in the 70s. Yeah. The first one was great. Oh, was Muppets Take Manhattan or Great Caper? I don't know. I think Great Caper was the third one, actually. So, never mind. The Muppet now facts and logic like, are defeating you. I know. I feel like it's Muppets movie, Muppets Take Manhattan, and then The Great Caper was the third one, and The Great Caper was not great. But anyway, um, yeah. Uh, final thoughts on My Whole Life is Thunder? Do you know who does the voice of the Reverend's... Well, Reverend Gimp is the name of the character oh, in the outro. No, I was trying to, trying to pinpoint who that was. It's Lorne Michaels. He's not in the suit, though. I assume he's just doing the voice. Uh, I think he's credited as the voice, so it's probably yeah, just the voice. Probably just a body uh, double then. Because I feel like Lorne yeah. Michaels is shorter. I don't know. Or at least I average height. Seen... I don't think he's that tall. To... I don't know if I've like seen like a face shot of him, but I don't know if I've ever seen like him. I've seen him like body. standing next to people. Yeah. I feel like he's probably like average height. Like he's not yeah. as tall as this gimp is presented in the uh, the episode. Yeah. Anyway, he's the voice. Oh, there you go. Good job, Lynn Michaels. Getting in on your own show that you produced. Yay! It's the first time he's done a cameo on this, right? They've made jokes Is about it? him. Yeah, I would say like obviously they've made a few jokes about him, but I yeah, I, I can't remember if he's, he's, he's he's actually popped up. Yeah. Himself. Uh well, not not many feet different price at the beginning. I think it's very yeah. zany, and even though there's tons of plot, I don't think it takes away from the no, overall it, it, the Yeah, like again, I say it's cramped, but I just I don't think there's a negative in this episode outside of the fact that the Elaine Stretch stuff feels like yeah. too quick for as big as a the moment they're trying to make it, but um Still, she she always does a fantastic job, so it's nice to have her. Um, and then our credit scene is the marriage of Jenna and Paul, uh, who is now Mister and Mrs. Jenna Maroney. <laughs> a silly joke. Which is like, even I mean, in twenty twelve, definitely I was like, what? But like honestly, now in twenty twenty one, I could totally see it being like, yeah, why not take yeah both names? Yeah, why not take both names? Or like the male take the female name? It doesn't make any sense why yeah. it was all. I mean, it does make sense because. Tradition. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah. One other final thought. I know I do want to call out that 
kind of quote from the oh. funeral because like, you're talking about like, the cliche like another cliche is when like people like say like it's like they're having a moment of inspiration it's like la la so okay, it's like life, life is, is for, for the, the living, living. Um, so silly yeah but also like you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily say that at a funeral not in the middle of a year exactly so Ken's a little tone deaf there I think um uh, but yeah no super solid episode um but what's coming up next week as always, thank you for joining us on Go yeah, on Go Today. If you like what we're doing, rating, reviewing, and all that fun stuff, it's going to be the best way to help us out. Otherwise, we will see you in next week's episode, episode 134, season 7, episode 9, entitled Game Over, wherein Jack continues his plot to become the CEO of Cable Town, Liz gets some bad news from the adoption agency, and Octavia Spencer plays herself while she's helping film Tracy's Harriet Tubman biopic. I didn't remember Octavia Spencer guest starred on 30 Rock. Well, congratulations. Thank you. David, take us out. See you next time. I promise not to make fun of you when you ask where your glasses are and they're on your head. <laughs> I do do that. I promise to always pour antibiotics all over your penis before you staple it to anything. Oh. And now Paul will read the vows he has written for Jenna. Jenna, I didn't know what I was missing in my life until I met you. I love you more than words can say, and I am so honored to be taking your first and last name. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting Mrs. and Mr. Jenna Maroney's. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. I'm Bonnie Batamath. I'm the chairperson for today's event. I can't shake hands because I have carpal tunnel syndrome from zipping up my own dress now that Carrie's gone.